It's episode 276 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Russell Mobley. And this week we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about Mage Seeker, a League of Legends story. I'm interested we're in gonna that. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, well, I got a lot to say about it. Uh, okay. And uh, we're going to talk about Everspace 2. And uh, okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Street Fighter 6 open beta that is available right the hell now. Oh, I didn't know that. And you can go and play it. You can just play it. That. Is that the yeah. one that only has two characters? No, that was the demo. Okay. The open beta has eight characters. Ooh. So okay. I don't know if it has your boy, but that's fine. I mean, I've like, you know, I usually get okay with multiple characters. Like I used to be good with Ryu and Bison and E Honda. I think we're my main, my main dudes. Yeah, Ryu in Street Fighter Six. Ryu is my main. So I played. Uh, I played a couple of characters, um, like between between when I played it at PAX and like the demo and the and the beta. I've played like, uh, you know, I played and and enjoyed uh, Marissa and Ryu and Ken and Luke. Um, and uh kimberly Mm -hmm. um but right i'm i'm a i'm a ryu guy like the more that i have kind of played around with different things the more i am like i realize that like i'm really really enjoying ryu is like the baseline i feel like for street fighter like everyone basically knows how to play ryu you know yeah um it's interesting and and basically when you know ryu yeah when you know ryu you you basically know ken and akuma (laughs) yeah you know, by association. And that's one thing that's been interesting because they've already like announced the, some of the DLC characters. So like we know Akuma oh, really? is coming. Yeah. yeah I mean, Street Fighter, you gotta have Akuma. I'm ready to get mad. Yeah. But he's in the, he's like the third DLC character to come out. So like, he's going to be next winter. Oh, so interesting. He's going to be like either end of the year or like early next year. They didn't show him uh, though. They were just like, he's coming. No, at it, some point. it's literally just a, like a, like a, painted picture of him which looks beautiful okay gotcha um but yeah he's got like this flowing mane of white hair um and uh yeah old man old man akuma Akuma. i'm into that i'm i'm very excited about it because uh i have heard tell that he can throw fireballs in the air which i'm a big fan of uh oh wait hold on i need to I... i need to let finn out of the room okay I was just going to say, I think that was a thing that he could do in one of them, but I could be misremembering this completely. But uh, I was just right. I was just vamping. I said, I think that was a thing he could do in one of the game. I feel like there was a character that could throw fireballs in different directions and that you had to hmm. do like, like you had a different move for everyone. So it got really complicated. I feel like Akuma huh. could do that in Street Fighter four, but I might be just embedding false memories or something. Well, maybe it was evil no. Ryu. I don't know. I don't know. Evil I, Ryu, I, even at, I don't... even with all the street fighter four I played, I can't remember. Yeah. I, and I didn't, I played very little street fighter four and I think I played, uh, like maybe Ken and then sea Viper a little bit, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really I mean I was just talking to uh I was I was playing some actually with uh Khalif Adams and uh Blessings uh Blessing Adeoye Jr. 
and Mitch and Ronnie and Will earlier today. Like we were all playing uh, together and it was a lot of fun, but we were, you know, we were talking about all of our different kind of uh, fighting games histories. You know, some people are, have, have always been big into Tekken. Some people were big Soul Calibur fans. You know, me, I'm a big 2D, like Arc System Works guy, like Blaze Blue, Persona, Dragon Ball, Guilty Gear, these sorts of games. And it's been so interesting to see people who are like, oh, I'm a Street Fighter guy and I was playing five, so I'm back for this one. And then other people like me who played, I think I played Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. Uh, and... That, like that was kind of it. Like I, I, I think I played a grand total of one match in Street Fighter Five, maybe two, and then I played yeah. like about the same in four. And it just was, you know, that was around the same time when I was playing like, um, like I was playing Street Fighter Four. I think it was maybe Ultra Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition backwards compatible I on pl- Xbox One. I played one. vanilla. Yeah, like I was playing it backwards play. compatible from 360 on Xbox One, and that was when uh, Killer Instinct was out. So like, I was also playing that, and that just vibed with me way more. Um, so, but like playing this, you know, from the from the demo and then the beta, and then what I played at PAX, like it's it's really really fun. I'm I'm really excited to play more. Um, but yeah, it's it's also really cool because Ryu. I don't and I don't know if these are things that existed in previous games, but Ryu has like different things. Like you can hit down down punch, and he'll like charge himself with electricity, and then the next uh, fireball that he does uh, has like a second hit that will hit. It's like an electric charged fireball, so it's not like a regular one. I don't think and he's that also was a got, thing he could do before. <laughs> yeah, it's called Denjin Charge, and he's also got this thing called Hoshogeki where instead of down forward punch to throw a fireball, he does down forward punch and he does this kind of like gut punch charged with like a fireball. The fireball doesn't go anywhere, but it like, it like hits you point blank. Uh, Mm. And then he's got like some other stuff, you know, he's got like a, like a charging, uh, I forget what it's called, but everybody calls it donkey kick where he just does like a straight legged kick. And if you do like the powerful version, it like bounces people off the wall and then they fall back towards you and you can do like an uppercut into them or something like that. It's really, really fun. Like he's got a lot of cool stuff that he can do. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a little bit more complicated than the Street Fighter that I remember, but it's also really, you know, it's been really easy to just jump in and be like, oh, I'm just going to try this. I would say three. I didn't play a lot of three, but I remember three being kind of complicated with the whole parry system. And then parries four. are in this game, but you can hold, but you can hold the, the button. It's a button instead of just being like, Oh, I'm going to move forward at the exact moment or whatever. Hmm. I forget if that's what it was. Uh, no, it was like you had to, I think in three, you had a block button or something or and if you, um, or if hit, you tapped it at just the right if time, you tapped it at the right, like frame, you could basically negate an attack. Like there's that famous Evo. Yeah. Thing Evo where, moment 37. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Daigo and Justin Wong, and Justin Wong did uh, Chun Li's lightning kick super, and I think it's like it's like a it's a bunch of a hits. It's like twenty four hits or something like that. It's a lot. And Daigo parried every single one perfectly, and then went on to like win the game. Mm-hmm. So crazy. 
Um, they didn't really have that in four, but I remember four had this whole system that I never, we never really got our heads wrapped around it, but you could essentially like not, not necessarily chain moves. It was like chaining moves together, but the idea was like, if the last couple of like actions in a move are the same as, um, like the beginning of another one, the idea was like, you could link them together by like just doing so it would count, you know, so like if you did like, uh, I don't know, punch, punch, down, down, kick, but like another move started with down, down, kick, and then it was like punch, punch or something, you could essentially just link those together and you didn't have to do like the, I don't know if I'm explaining it at all correct, like in any way that makes sense, but like the, the idea being like you didn't have to do like, you know, nine different inputs it would essentially be like you were linking them together and the ones that were the same didn't have to get pushed twice and so you could turn like an 11 input combo into like a six but you had to do like huh. it was a very timing centric and stuff I never quite got it down but um i remember there was some of that in four but i i only ever played vanilla um, just because that's when my friends and I were all playing that and Marvel versus Capcom and we were really into those. Um, but then, yeah. you know, we all kind of moved away and weren't really playing fighting games anymore. Um, yeah. And also, I feel like four just got like some. I don't know what it is, but like every time I tried to play like a different version of four, I feel like it was getting more and more bloated and was less fun. Like, mm. You know, because it was just like, we're adding on systems on top of systems on top of systems that already existed. And it was like, well, I already learned all those. Like, why do I need to learn yeah. five more systems for all these characters that, like, I already knew how to play? And it's like, it just kind of took the fun out of it. Yeah. I mean, that is one that is one of the, the highest praises that I have for Street Fighter Six is that it's really simplified. You basically only have two mechanics to deal with. Uh, one, which Punching is the drive and getting gauge. punched. <laughs> <laughs> well there's yeah there's there's your super meter and then there's your drive gauge and that's basically it like your drive gauge gets depleted as you get attacked and you block those attacks but it also gets spent if you uh do like ex versions of moves so mm -hmm. you'll spend your drive gauge if you really want to extend your combos you can do something called drive rush where you 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 tap you either hit with a move that can be special canceled and then double tap forward. And you'll, you'll have like this green aura that goes over you and you'll basically cancel all the recovery and you'll be able to combo moves that normally can't be comboed. And even if they get blocked, it'll make you plus, but it spends some of your drive gauge. Well, when your drive gauge is totally depleted, you enter burnout and with burnout, special moves will do chip damage to you, even if you block them. And if somebody does a drive impact, which is, I think you just hit um, like heavy punch and heavy kick at the same time. And you do this like huge lunging attack. Um, and then, you know, you can do whatever confirm off of it if it, if it gets hit. Um, so it's, it's all, it's really all about managing your most important resource, which is your drive meter. And then your, your secondary resource, which is your super meter. But it's not like super and ultra, it's literally just like your blocking and defense and like unique mechanic meter and then your regular meter that you use to do your supers and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's actually like it's as somebody who who is not used to the multiple systems of Street Fighter, it's been very easy for me to like internalize 
oh, this is what I should have done here. This is what I, you know, I, I did too many like EX DPs to try to get out of pressure. And now my drive gauge is gone, which means that the next time somebody hits me with something, it's really going to hurt me, you know? So I need to, you know, I need to play more. And like, instead of blocking all of these attacks and letting my drive gauge get depleted, I need to be using parry more. Cause if I parry something, it actually gives me my drive gauge back. So it's, you know, it incentivizes you to like engage. I feel like it's a really clever melding of systems uh, that they have. And it's fun. And, and a, a good thing for, you know, you and your friends who used to play locally, but you didn't after everybody kind of moved apart. The online is quite good. It's very, very good in this game. So it's, I mean, the good news is we've all sort of moved back together. Um, yeah. But just, we ha- we don't really play that many fighting games. Like the, the last one that really caught a few of us was like multiverses. Um, and that was for, you know, yeah. like a month or two. And then after that, it was like, okay, they keep patching this and I'm getting tired. Yeah. Um, that was really annoying. Um, and then they just took the game away. It was crazy. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how it comes, like what form it comes back in. Like, or if they change it to like a box product or something like I, <sighs> yeah, I wonder about that. Because part of me is like, I wish I could have just bought this game and then I would have had it. But yeah. then another part of me is like, but I liked that it was free because it meant there was a big population most of the time. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody could cu- jump into it. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they do to it because it was fun. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to keep up with it. And it felt like I, you know, because they were patching it so regularly, it was like I couldn't even keep track of who's strong at the moment or like you know is my character going to feel totally different when i come back you know that type of thing yeah like it was crazy like as somebody who played like jake and finn and superman like those characters all changed a lot like as the patches went it was like oh finn is like literally changed too like finn is literally like busted because his up b is just so powerful and hits so far away and beats out so many other air buttons. It's just like, oh yeah, you can basically just spam this. And then it got to the point where it's like, yeah, Finn's not really good anymore. And it's like, wow, that sucks, you know? Yeah. Within like, like a Superman week. got nerfed like three patches in a row. Yeah. But you know, oh, what well. are you gonna do? I will. I'm, but anyways, I'm, yeah. Th- I'm curious of how this game plays out because I feel like Street Fighter hasn't really been like. Maybe it's just I don't. I don't really pay attention to the fighting game scene, but to me as an outsider looking in, it feels like street fighter hasn't really been as relevant as it used to be since four. Yeah. People were not, I mean, five was still big, but people were definitely not as into five. I know five was people... met with a lot of controversy when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it had like all those weird free to play aspects in it, even though it was a box product and, some yeah, other stuff like that. Yeah, it was pretty pretty annoying. And I I only say that as somebody who's plugged into the fighting game community because I had almost no experience with that. Um, like I, I hopped in and I was like, wow, this UI is terrible. And then I played a match against Ronnie who played Zongief, and I got scooped like seventeen thousand times and destroyed. And I was like, you know what, I'm out. I definitely had one of those moments where I was like, I don't like this game enough to push through like even the slightest bit of friction. I used, I used to have a friend cause we started playing with fight sticks when we got really into, uh, MVC two and, and street fighter four. 
Um, I had a, we had a friend who like didn't know Zangief's moves. He literally would spin the stick and just like hit buttons. And it was the point where like, if you just got close to him, he would probably pull off some move. And so you had to like literally change your entire strategy. It became like stay away from him and just shoot fireballs. Eventually, yeah. you know, we all figured out how to beat it because we were all like, just don't get close to him. Like literally just spam like any kind of move that'll get you away from him and then just use fireballs or whatever you're, you can throw yeah. just to get away. And then it stopped. But like for a little bit, it was very annoying. Yeah, I believe it. Dude, there's there are like three different characters that have really 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 powerful command grabs in this game, and I'm just like, man, fighting them is painful. Yeah, painful. But yeah, I'm I am. Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm download excited. that demo. I didn't realize there was a demo out. So yeah, yeah, and it's crossplay it as well. Like I've yeah. I've played with people. Uh, I've played on PC with people who are on PlayStation, and it was as all game. games should be. Precisely, but not all games are. Not all games yeah. are, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, but yeah, I, I'm really interested. And if you need games, hit me up because I'm I'm definitely excited to play some more. I'll figure uh, it out. But when's it coming out? It's like first week news. of June, right? Uh, I think it's like the second, the fourth, okay. something like that. Hold I'll on, be gone. Check. I'll have to I'll have to pick it up when I get back. June second, I was right. Got it yeah, in I'll one. I'll be gone. I'll be in Japan but, uh, when it comes out. <laughs> Japan. Uh, yeah, you can play. You can play your two favorite characters there, Ryu and Edmund Honda. Yeah. Japan. Japan. I was just saying they need to. They need to add that stage to the game. I don't. I don't think the, it's in uh, there. But like the, the onsen. Bath. The onsen. Yeah. Yeah. The big. That's iconic, big old, man. Big old bathtub. Although they put the mar the Chinese marketplace in there, right? Uh. But different. I think so. Yeah, the map where it had like it had like a dog and people on bikes and stuff. Yeah, that I think so. That map, I, so. that, I might that be map wrong. Was iconic. That's the Chun Li stage. Yeah. Yeah, with the, it was like with the, Hong Kong. It was like a box of chickens. Yeah, I think it was Hong Kong. <laughs> it was a sorry. It was a cage. It was a cage. A, a box, box of chickens. Sit <laughs> down. But uh, but yeah, in in other fighting game news, uh, it was just announced that the rollback patch for Dragon Ball Fighters is coming out. Question mark. Uh, they announced it a year ago, and it's still not, or nearly a year ago, and it is still not out. But a balance patch for Dragon Ball Fighters is coming out tomorrow, with a second uh, balance patch to come later on. Uh, you know. I think they said, like, depending on the reaction to this balance patch. So I'm very interested to see if any of my characters get, like, like to just see if people hate it. So completely like, destroyed. So they're just like, oh, just kidding. I mean, I think it's a good idea to, because some people have been legitimately wondering and asking me, like, is this going to be just the next balance patch or is this going to be the game's final balance patch? Because they said previously, we feel pretty good about the balance of the game. Uh, and I, I believe that what, what it was, it was translated to, we feel the game has been, uh, has been tuned to its finest. So a lot of people interpreted that to mean mm -hmm. this is it. We're not going to patch this game anymore, but it's not true. They are patching it tomorrow. Uh, but I guess they're probably going to see because that what they basically did was they patched the game. They introduced Android 21 lab coat 
and she is just an absolute menace to society and people hate her. And then they were kind of like, peace, and then dropped the mic and, and left. So I'm, I'm guessing that they are like preparing for that not to be the state. Like they don't want to do this balance patch, have something really disgusting be found where people just despise fighting these characters. So they're, they're like, okay, so we're dropping a balance patch tomorrow, but don't worry. That's not the end of it. Like there might be something Uh else, you know, later. I would be curious to know if people in those spaces, like don't like balance patches at all. Like they would rather, because if you think about it, like a game like Marvel versus Capcom two has had literally the same balance since it was released like 15 years ago. Right. They never patched it ever. It was a PS2 game, man. Oh, yeah. I guess they couldn't <laughs> like, have. Yeah. Yeah. It came out I mean, on the that Dreamcast. Game is like famously, that game is like famously busted. Right? Yeah. Like but there's that's characters that are like ridiculously powerful. But that's why people like it because it like incentivizes you because every character almost has like a direct counter. And because you pick three characters and each character, you pick a different mode, which makes them play differently and like different ultimate moves and stuff like it doesn't really matter like on some level like that everything is super unbalanced because someone with like the worst character if they're really good at the game can probably still beat the shit out of you even if you're playing the best character you know Mm. um and also it just makes it more fun to like tinker around because there's so so much possibility it's almost like building a deck in a card game is like your your team essentially yeah it's really interesting and all and on like on some level, like when we got really into it, we liked that it was always the same. Like we always knew like Spider-Man's fucking amazing. And like, you know how to play Spider-Man. You're always going to know how to play Spider-Man because he's never going to change, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. So I always, I always am curious if people, uh, how they feel about balance patches. Cause on some level, I always sort of welcome like the the breath of fresh air for games that I'm playing a lot, but I always get really frustrated when I go back to a game I haven't played in a really long time and it feels different. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. feel right, and I'm like, eh, man, I I don't want this. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of community uh, conversation about this very topic. Like, some people are like, okay, have one because like there are some and like Lord Knight on YouTube has talked about this. Sage M has talked about this. Brian F. Like a bunch of you know, content creators in the fighting game community have talked about this. There is like kind of a general understanding or agreement that like you don't, you definitely don't want to do it too often and -hmm. you definitely don't want to let it go for too long. But there's kind of a discussion about like whether patching every like six months or patching every year or patching every like year and a half or something because Mm -hmm. there's, you know, if you only patch once a year then people have enough time to really kind of dig down and get into the nitty-gritty and like figure stuff out about characters because in like dragon ball fighters originally when janemba came out people were like oh this character sucks and then you know he got buffed like a while later and now he's considered really good but also like it was because people just weren't really playing him so he wasn't very developed so mm-hmm. for for characters that are popular, like you'll get some of their really good stuff. Like it'll be discovered quickly because there's a lot of people playing him and being like, yo, yeah. did you know you could do this? And then the community kind of builds off of it. But 
you know, the, if the game isn't super popular or the character that you're playing isn't super popular, like that can kind of cause things to develop at a slower pace. And for things that are really good to just not like, people just don't know that they exist. Like, you know, version 1.0 of Dragon Ball Fighters, Kid Buu and Cell and Gotenks were absolutely godlike characters. Um, but nobody played Kid Buu and nobody played Gotenks. So people didn't know. Like, we really didn't know until, until like, season two or even season three that these characters had, like, this stuff that had never changed. It just wasn't discovered. It's just nobody was really playing them. Yeah, and so yeah. it just didn't... People just didn't the, realize. So the same that's thing the argument for like Destiny. having 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 those patches exist for a longer period of time. Yeah, you know, the the same thing used to happen in Destiny PvP, where like people would always, you know, there would be like two or three guns that were the boogeyman, like everyone was using them. But yeah. then Bungie would always talk about how like if you saw the stats, there are other guns that a small number of players are actually using to greater effect but it's just that no one knows about them. You yeah. know, like there's other guns that are way more busted, but because no one's using them, except for like the people who are in the know about them. Because they're using the popular guns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a lot of it is like, is this really good just because everyone's using it and there's so much like documentation, quote unquote? Or, yeah. or you know, is this other thing actually secretly busted and no one's figured it out yet? kind of that's i mean that happened with halo and call of duty like with with halo like everybody was like oh you know do the i mean it might have been halo 2 or something like that but like everybody was like oh assault rifle assault rifle or battle rifle and then the dmr came out and like originally people didn't play DMR super crazy was in with that. reach i think yeah whenever they whenever they did the like mid-range single shot like semi-auto rifle when they introduced that like for a while, like people were still playing with automatic weapons or like SMGs or whatever. And then people started to kind of realize, oh, wow. Like if you shoot somebody twice in the head, they're just dead, mm-hmm. you know, or like three shots. I forget what it was, whether it was two shots or three shots, but it was literally like the main thing was you had to be accurate. Like you had to get headshots. And if you could get headshots, you could kill somebody faster with that gun than anything else. Uh, but, and it still had like way more ammo than the sniper rifle. So, you know, it was, it was better and easier to get and you could start with it and you could put it in your loadouts and stuff. And like the same was true for, for call of duty where it was like, I forget who it was, but somebody was like using some gun that nobody did. It was like the M4 or something like that. I forget which one it was. And then like that just became like the, the big thing. Yeah. Like just the, the, the whole meta the internet exacerbates that. a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. Like, because people get together and figure it out. And then maybe they even data mine the numbers. They run tests. Like, they get super scientific with it. Um, to the point where they sort of, like, break the fun in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of want to know, but... I I always do get annoyed. You know, it's always annoying when you and your friends feel like you're all at a base level and then one of your friends in like gets secret knowledge and then suddenly they're like way better than everyone else, you know? They and they, they won't they find share the it. secret texts. Yeah, they won't share it with anyone. They're like, mm, I'm not gonna tell you how to throw a fireball in Street Fighter 2, you know. You're like, oh, Come yeah. on, man. See, that's like 
that's that's frowned upon in the fighting game community. Yeah. Like the 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 general stance uh, is that we share tech because if other people know, like that that basically that turns stuff that would be a gimmick into like real tech because it's like okay here's how you throw a fireball okay now we both know how to do that which means that i need to know how to answer that so it it demands by sharing tech it forces you to 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 elevate your game which like to a lot of fighting game players who take the who take the fighting game seriously it's about self-improvement and so like giving somebody else information that will push you to have to come up with something but else also is a, like is a good thing. it keeps people in the game because if you know if you just beat up on your friend and then don't tell them how to play the game they're not going to want to yeah. play with you anymore so like exactly yeah you know if all the good street fighter players just keep all the tech to themselves then yeah. <laughs> like no one's going to be playing except them because no one knows how to you know no one has a good on ramp to like learn basically how yeah. to get like at least decent at the game to enjoy it. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I think that it's been really nice to have, uh, cause they, they have not only do they have like move lists and things like that in the game, which are like in every fighting game, unless you're looking at like the old arcade game, like the old car- arcade, mm. like street fighter two, like they don't have move lists in that game, but all the modern ones do, but they also have like, they have combo trials, which will teach you how to do like very simple combos to more advanced combos. And they also have like character tutorials, which will be like, Hey, here's how you do all these moves. Here's where you should probably be using these moves. And here's, you know, some types of things that you can do and, and where these things are kind of best, like best fit into your game plan and stuff, which I found like very interesting. Like that was very nice to play multiple characters and then go in and do the character tutorials and just be like, okay, so this is kind of how this character works. Uh, I think that'll work for me, you know, or, Oh, that doesn't really you know, that doesn't really work for me at all. That, knowing that there are character-specific tutorials for every character in the game made me way more interested in the game because yeah, not being able to, like, having to... I don't want to have to go outside of the game to learn how to play it, necessarily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't... Some people will go to YouTube and stuff, and I will to a degree, but... Like, if I'm trying to get really advanced, like, when I was getting really into, like, you know, League of Legends, there is a lot that that game doesn't tell you that's all, you know, very technique-based, very timing-based that, like, the community has learned over the last, like, 10 years that is not explicitly, like, part of the game, you know? It's just, like, people have memorized how long these things take, and so there are, like, flows and just... Uh, things that you're supposed to do at certain times that the game itself's not going to tell you because it's not necessarily like part of the game. Uh, I feel like most games shouldn't be like that. I should be able to like yeah. play the game and have some way for it to on ramp me as like a, you know, here's how you do like very advanced techniques and like here's what to look out for and stuff. Like give me a whole, give me a strategy breakdown, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that I can practice. Uh, there's, yeah. There's one thing that I haven't seen, which is um, like, uh, which is like how to do setups and things. So like after you get a knockdown, like what do you do after that? So like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff, but they mm-hmm. definitely do give you like, okay, if you're going to like poke, if you're going to do stick out one of your moves that has like relatively low recovery, but is a good 
kind of check on your opponent approaching. Like, here's what you do. And if you hit with that, then go into this or this, uh, which is like really, really useful. So like I was uh, very early on, they were like, okay, so one of Ryu's best pokes is his crouching medium kick. And if you hit with that, go into, you know, Hadouken. And like, that's just a nice little, you know, does a little bit of damage and puts you in like a good position. They're like far enough away that they can't punish you for, for that. Or like, oh, you know, you can jump in and do, you know, Tatsu in the air or something like that. And like, here's where you should use that. Or even just telling you like, hey, you're, you're, you know, sure you can, you know, DP move is only air invincible for the first two versions. But if you spend your drive gauge to do the like, overdrive slash EX version of the move, then it's fully invincible and you can just use it to just bust out of everything. Right. Um, which is just like, even just explaining that. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. So like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't use the light, like fast DP to try to get out of somebody approaching me on the ground. You know what I mean? So it's just even having that knowledge is very, very useful. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been great, you know, as somebody who's not a street fighter player to just be able to jump in and have basically, have, have almost all the information that I need and then just be able to jump into matches and fight people. It's been really fun. Excited. So, Street Fighter six coming to Next I think gen everything consoles. except switch. Um, yeah, I think it is coming to PS four and Xbox one. Also, I believe, uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm going to look this up. Probably not Switch, because I think it's a little too uh, heavy. PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Steam. No Xbox One. Interesting. I mean, that is what they say on the StreetFighter.com website. Available June 2. PS5, PS4, Series, Steam. Hmm. So... I mean, I wonder how many people are even still really playing on like base Xbox Ones at this point. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably not that many. Probably not that many. But I'm excited. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be talking about it. I'm gonna be doing a review on it. But that won't go up until. I won't do that until like three weeks from now. Two weeks, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. something like that. Because I'll be gone on the fifth. So it'll be the twelfth, yeah, the twelfth. So that's when that's when I'll do my uh, my podcasting review of Street Fighter Six, which should be fun. I so. hope so. Alrighty. Uh, Josh, shall I talk about a different game, or do you want to jump in and let us all know what you're what you're getting into? Um, I can do mine really quick. So I. Okay tried a little game you've probably heard of it called honkai star rail oh yeah um which is like the uh i don't know how to describe it it's a science fiction take on it's from the same studio that did genshin impact so it's like a science fiction game from them but in like the same art style and stuff and I honestly knew nothing more than that. And I was like, yeah, I like Genshin enough. Like, you know, it's fine. It's a fine game. Um, I'll hop into this. I'll see what it's like. And was surprised that it's like totally different. It's like a turn-based game with turn-based combat that I would honestly compare 
maybe it's just because of the turn order thing, but it has like the Final Fantasy X, like here's who's going next, like thing in it, which I was really huh. excited about. It is still a gotcha game, so you have to like get characters and upgrade stuff. So eventually, you know, because it is it is a free to play game, so like. At first, it seems like, oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm getting cool stuff. And then eventually it's going to go like and become like really grindy, probably at some point. Yeah, I definitely um, saw people on Twitter posting their drops and I was like, oh, no, character drops. But, I mean, the art is like just beautiful. So I was yeah. like, please keep sharing these so I can look at them. Yeah. Um, but like, it's actually pretty damn good. I, I uh I I've only played like maybe an hour or two and um the combat system's really really good. Like nobody really does turn-based combat anymore, which is really sad. Like the last thing I can think of that did turn-based combat was um Immortal King, that League of Legends game. That had really good turn-based combat and that was from the studio that did that game that you liked a lot that I can't remember the name of. Um it was like a turn-based 2D game. <laughs> I don't turn remember. 2D. Dark something or other. I don't remember. Uh, well, maybe I missed the context for that one. Um, I'm gonna look up. Hang on. Who did Immortal King? League of Legends. Oh, or oh, Immortal? oh! Uh, Airship Syndicate. Yeah. Um. I did whatever that game that uh, their other game was. Oh, Battle Chasers Night War. That's the one. There you go. Those are the only ladies and games. gentlemen. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we got it. Took him. us a while, but we got there. Those are the only games in like recent memory that I can think of that had any turn-based combat at all. Not tactics-based, I should say. You know. Like yeah, because I was like I was like you know there's fell seal and like other stuff like that. Okay, yeah. so that so things that I haven't played, but like, well, it, I mean that's no, but that's tactics. That's sure. kind of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it has a really good turn-based combat system that I really enjoyed. I like being able to see who's up next. Um, oh, I guess Persona. I guess there's that. Yeah, but although that did that was a what a PS4 game. That was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. but uh yeah, like it's uh the combat's really good. It's interesting because the characters don't have that many moves because the game is also supposed to be on mobile. So instead of like you know in a Final Fantasy where it's like, oh yeah, you know, Yuna can learn like a hundred spells or something and then you have to like sort through them all. This it's like, no, this character has two distinct abilities that nobody has right um and each of the abilities has like an element uh attached to it and the enemies themselves have element weaknesses and you have to they have like a stagger bar so you need to use their element weaknesses against them to stagger them and do more damage but you also need to have support characters that shield your allies and do all kinds of things like that right and it feels really good it flows really nicely um, every character also has like an ultimate ability that is really flashy and the animations like gorgeous and it's all really cool and all, but as I'm playing it, I get more and more sad because, Why? because I'm like, man, I kind of just wish this was a game and not 
you know, a game as a service because yeah. I think, and I know why, because it makes so much money, but at the same time, I'm yep. like, man, this, I'm like, if people were making games like this still, like these gorgeous turn-based RPGs with like, you know, big budget, 60 frames a second, like locked, you know, like really good art, really fun combat systems and like engaging mechanics. I'm like, man, they'd, they'd be selling these probably quite easily, you know, yeah. but I feel like no one's doing it really anymore. And it's kind of, it made me kind of sad. It was like, man, this feels like some great lost gem from the PS2 era you know yeah. upscale to now but like not that like it it, it almost yeah. could be that and it made me a little sad but even yeah. though the game is good and like i would recommend you know if, if you have any feigning interest in it like to try it out it's only on pc and mobile right now i wish it was on switch because i would probably play it a lot more if it was on switch but i know it, not even genshin is on switch yet which is shocking to me i thought that it was but yeah is not it's it's a shame but also like that's kind of the monkey's paw of the world that we live in you know what i mean it's like yeah. you're gonna get high quality games but they're gonna be micro transactioning the fuck out yeah. of you yeah and really, and i mean it's just it's such a disappointment like i've definitely heard you know some people compare i forget who it was somebody was comparing it to like a combination of genshin impact and like persona you know, or like the, or like the, you know, the persona combat system with like, you know, other stuff going on. But mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, that sounds good. You know what I mean? Like that sounds really good to me, but I just, I know how I am with those sorts of games. So I just, I respectfully, I yeah. will not, like I, I spent always... money on Genshin and I was not planning on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I spent a grip, I spent a grip on there and I was just kind of yeah. like, eh. And then you're like, what do I have to show for it? <laughs> I basically Not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, like, I always kind of like gotcha games. Like I've played quite a few of them, honestly. And like when I start playing them, I'm like, I enjoy this and I'll give it like $10. And then after about, I don't know, 15 hours, all of a sudden, like the dopamine, you know, comes, starts to become a crawl and, uh, like it starts to become a huge grind and you're like stuck in the same place for like two weeks. And then suddenly you make a breakthrough and it's like, Oh, I'm doing great again. But then you hit that wall again, that like, it's got to get you to spend money while, and it's definitely on purpose. And I'm like a little, I didn't, I never got to there with Genshin because I honestly didn't play enough of it. Like I played maybe two hours of it and I, but I knew it was coming like as I was playing it and just yeah. the sheer dread of knowing that it was coming was enough for me to like not play it much more um yeah even though i've heard people say that like you can just play it you know without paying money and stuff which i mean you can with like yeah. warframe too but that is also a very grindy game yeah um it's yeah it's a shame because like i'm i'm over there and i'm like mm, i could play this game that i can't buy but keeps trying to get my money and is stringing me along for these like feel good moments where I get something really cool or I could spend $60 buy a Diablo and just be set yeah. and get that or feeling spend... way more consistently. 
or spend no money and play Path of Exile. That's true. That's like, true. I don't. Spend I, a, I know that you love it, but yeah, it doesn't buy me. Spend spend a little bit of money on like some extra stash stash tabs or whatever, and then you're set. Yeah. And you could play that game forever, basically. Like there there are a lot of other games where like yeah they can get away with that, but but then you know there's indie games out there that are like I could spend you know fifteen dollars and this thing's like infinitely replayable to an extent. Like I could you know yeah. I could pick up Dorf Romantic and like if. Like that could be my solitaire, you know. Yeah. If I wanted it to. Um, I read some stories so. from Dorf Romantic, and they were hysterical to me. Like just There's like ridiculous stories stuff. in there. Or no, no, no. You know what? It might have been. It, I don't think it was Dorf Romantic. I think it was Dwarf Fortress. Never mind. Oh, Dwarf for yeah, Dwarf Fortress would be the one that you would hear. So I'm like Dorf Romantic. I'm like, all you do is put tiles down. What, what kind of stories are? Yeah. No, up I definitely that? mixed that up. There was somebody talking about like. Uh, like something was happening to their people. They were fighting off a bunch of invaders and like they, they pulled all their people inside and, and, uh, and closed the gates and then they saved everybody. And then they sent everybody back out and then like lowered the drawbridge and all this sort of stuff. And apparently when they, they were, and then they were haunted by this ghost for like a really long time and come to find out there was a child that had been crushed under the falling drawbridge. And then it was haunting people (laughs) for a time. And so they they had to like figure it out and set their spirit to rest or something like that by making a grave yeah. for them. And it's just like this is just a ridiculous. Yeah. Didn't like, didn't that game just get a huge like graphic update? Yes. Because it used to be all ASCII art, right? Yes, it did. It did. It did used Curious. to be all ASCII art, and it did just get a huge update. Yeah. I'll look at so it. It was within the last year. Yeah. It's funny because this game looks like nothing. Yes. Like it just looks like it looks like a map in RPG Maker, basically. Yes. Um, but everybody who's like really, really into it is like says it's great, but Yeah. Yeah. I think I did downloaded it once and tried to play it and I couldn't even figure out how to like engage with the game and I was like, This is dumb. Yeah. Stop playing. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um Honkai Star Rail, it's cool. Uh, you know, a word of caution though that they will come after those those anime will waifus will come after you eventually for your wallet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is cool. It it did make me really want like a good like turn based JRPG, like a really cool, just high budget one because they don't really do that anymore. Like final fantasy isn't really doing turn-based anymore. Uh, tales has never really been turn-based, but you know, they don't really do that. I know person, I know there's persona, but like, like basically the last one left. Yeah. I want, I want a really good turn-based RPG. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, speaking of a, uh, speaking of action RPGs, Let's talk about Mage Seeker, a okay. League of Legends story. Oh yeah. So I uh, I beat this game, uh, and I'm here to talk to you about it. Yeah, I was about... interested in this because I have liked the League of Legends spinoff games so far. I I didn't beat um, Immortal King. I think that's what it was called. I didn't beat that. Yeah. Um, but I really liked what it was 
um, and how like slick and awesome and cool it was. A ruined king, not immortal king. Ruined king. Yeah. Really like ruined king. king. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the then I king, played the Lich King. I played a little bit of their. They did a spinoff with Ziggs, who's my like one of my favorite League of Legends characters of all time. Uh, and it was like a musical platformer, kind of. Oh, weird. It was like it was basically like the game was uh it was like an infinite runner but you did your actions to the beat of music so you would be like but it was like in the context of like a platformer so he'd always be running and then you would like jumping would be a thing and then like exploding barrels would be another thing so you would all do all these things and it would platform you to like the beat of the music and it was it was kind of cool um i was like oh neat that was sort of my (laughs) yeah my reaction to it so um and they're making a lot more of these so i yeah get really interested in uh in their spinoffs including uh the for me very hotly anticipated fighting game project l i am also looking forward to that because the whole like we're smash brother (laughs) smash brothers ing like the fighting game to me with league of legends characters is very appealing yeah um, not having and also to they've established it's stuff. going to be free like that game is going i mean to that's be free. that's yeah. not surprising to me just based on you know uh just based on riot it's riot all their games are going to be free also sure, also they're yeah, making but we always forget they're making a diablo competitor and then you've not talked about it in a long time and i'm like where is that game <laughs> yeah didn't they announce that at the same time they announced Project they announced Dale? they announced that uh league of legends wild rift which is out yeah they announced that uh, legend of runeterra runeterra which is also out yeah. um the fighting game and then yeah the uh the uh action rp the uh you know arpg not yeah. like a third person action rpg but like you know old school arpg like diablo top which, down yeah top down i'm totally cool with i love that genre so much like i yeah i'm 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 here for more takes on it. There, I mean, there's basically only one that's consistently awesome, and it's Diablo. And then and then Torchlight is kind of like seems to be second place, maybe. Torchlight's like okay. I get no. I I would say as of right now, like in oh, terms of, of po- popularity, yeah. Path of Exile has lo- a ton of a ton of players and a really yeah ravenous and dedicated community. Um, so like in terms of like what's making more money, Path of Exile is a hundred percent making more money than Diablo right now. Now, when, when four comes out, you know, that might change with the season passes and stuff, because like Path of Exile doesn't charge for its seasons. They charge for like cosmetics and other random things. Wait, did they say Diablo's charging for their seasons now? Because the previous ones they're charging for the they're charging for the passes, but they're not charged. From what I understand, they're going to charge like it's going to have like a battle pass essentially that mm. awards you, I think, cosmetics and things. But the actual content of the seasons won't be gated behind paywall. So, like, if they add some cool, like you know, um, because when I think the game comes out, I don't think season one will have started, as far from what I understand. Uh, I think what like what it'll be is like oh yeah season one we're gonna have this cool mechanic like just as an example I have no idea what it could be but like 
you know, they could say like, uh, oh, you go to these uh, caves and then each one has like ra is randomly rolled to have like a certain type of enemy in it. And like certain they have certain prefixes and you get special gear from this vendor or something, you know, whatever. I'm just being super vague. But like that stuff, from what I understand, you'll still be able to play even if you don't pay for like the cosmetic pass, essentially, for the season. But you won't get like the, um, you know, the. You won't get most of the like cosmetic stuff if you don't. You won't get like Kerrigan's wings or something, but you'll get like a sure. Max I something. think you might get something like you might because you, you know they always have the free one to entice you, right? But yeah, um, I as far as I understand, that's the way they're doing it, um, which I think is honestly okay. Like I, even though I am used to the Diablo two and three, you know, like oh you just get some stuff, but. When you think back, you're like, oh, you only got like in three, you would get what you'd get a every season, which was every three or four months, you get a pet and then like a, a banner icon. That's not much, you know, yeah. in this it's like you're going to get a bunch of stuff. Right. So it's like I and also, yeah. you know, the gaming industry is a lot different now than it was back then. So mm -hmm. like I understand, I, I understand I get it. And and in the end of the day, like if people are buying those, it just means that we get more Diablo content. So it's on some level, I'm like fine with it. You know, that's yeah. As long fine. as I can engage on the seasonal thing, if yeah. Diablo four really vibes with me and I don't, I'm not going to get like, it's not going to be, Oh, like I just get story mode and then it's kind of over. Uh, but I mean, even then, like I could just play through the game as all the different characters and then bounce, you know, just, that would just mean that it wouldn't be something that I returned to season to season. Like I did with, you know, Diablo three, which I mean, if that's, if that doesn't happen, then that just frees me up to play other stuff. So like, I guess I can't really be too heartbroken regardless. You know? Yeah. I mean, either way you get a pretty cool game, but I, I, sure, I yeah. think I probably will just return to seasons what i started doing like with with some games is like if i play them regularly like not just buying the battle pass because i'm playing it a lot but actually looking at like what's in it and like do i actually want this stuff because if i yeah. don't then why why buy it like you know if i'm not going to yeah. use any of it so like i could see a world where a diablo season comes out and i'm like yeah i'm not really in i'm gonna play this season but i'm not really into the stuff that's on the pass, so i'm not gonna buy it this season you know yeah um I, that kind of I know thing. this isn't exactly the same as that but like that's kind of like the mindset that i had when uh when i like bought i bought a couple of of uh characters in fortnite like when they because they've been doing a big dragon ball tie-in and i was like well i don't really play fortnite but i have a bunch of friends that do so like i like being able to have the option to jump in and mm -hmm. i was like gohan's my favorite character in dragon ball so i'm just gonna get him and yeah. then when I jump into the game, like, I'll just, I'll just have this cool character that I like, you know, before I, I had like, I got, um, uh, I bought Jedi Fallen Order on Epic Games specifically because it gave me like a Stormtrooper outfit in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, cool. So I've got the, like, I, I was going to buy Jedi Fall, um, Fallen Order anyway, but you know, I got it on Epic because they gave me this free thing. And I was like, cool. I'll like, I like stormtroopers. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So like, that's, that's kind of been, you know, and definitely on like, you know, pre-orders or like deluxe editions and things like that. Like, 
I bought like the deluxe edition of Dragonflight, but because it had a mount that I'm like, oh, this is like exactly my shit. Like, this is just gonna be what I'm gonna use from now on. Like, that was just yeah. a. I think until, that it's until definitely the next worthwhile. Bonus. <laughs> well, I mean, I got. I I mean, it was I specifically got it because I've been a druid forever, and it's like one of the green Dragonflight dragons mm. that has like a bunch of vines over it, and I was like, oh, this is like literally, like perfect. For me, aesthetically, you know, like as a person and also like for my character and stuff. So it was like one of those situations where it's like, like I normally wouldn't get something like this, but this is kind of exactly what I like. So I'm just going to get this one. Uh, yeah. So I, I think being able to, to say no to these sorts of things is important. And then b- being willing to be like, you know what? This is extra. I don't like just generally the idea of microtransactions, but this like this one is fine, you know? Yeah. And stuff like that. Having I, more of a nuanced opinion on that sort of stuff. I don't mind them when they're like occasional. I I when I mind them is like uh well, gotcha games. Like when yeah. you hit literal gameplay walls where it's like it's impossible for you to, without bashing your head against a wall for weeks, it's impossible for you to progress. And like just engage yeah. with the game in a meaningful way, right? Like those I don't like. Where, whereas if I play I like a, a... like a Warframe or a Path of Exile or something, and you could play, you could literally never give them money if you didn't want to. But like, yeah, if you you know if you want to make your life slightly easier, or you want like the currency tab in Path of Exile, which makes your inventory management for your currencies like just so much easier you're like yeah i'll shell out the like five dollars or whatever so you keep making this game that's fine you know i think you like, told me to buy that like when we like jumped into yeah, that. because like, okay, it's just definitely get this it's literally the most useful thing like you can get it's incredible like how useful it is so it's like yeah, yeah. but like to me that- i think i think it ends uh if if the microtransactions are purely cosmetic and they never interfere with the core game design or mechanics or anything like that, then I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, but when, when there's like elements, like honestly, like the, the currency tab in path of Exile is kind of on, a perfect example. I would put that on an asterisk though, with the, with the, the, uh, the, uh, cosmetics, because on some level, I also want to be able to earn some. Oh, for sure. For sure. Know, for sure. Just yeah, for playing you, the game. If you're stuck looking like a friggin' piece of shit in the game because all of the good stuff costs money, like yeah. all the stuff that looks cool costs money, that sucks too. Yeah, like you know, Overwatch but if they just do used special to be able stuff. to get free stuff, and now you can't. Like, yeah, now it doesn't. Like the game doesn't feel as good. Man, because of that. what a freaking! I don't even think we talked oh, about yeah. this we last didn't. week. They that was what? Uh, what a Ugh. wild ride. So there really was just no justification for making yeah. this game at all. Pretty much. Which is what I literally, like, I, I go back, watch the tapes, like, listen to the episodes. I definitely said at the time, this game does not need to exist. Why are they doing this? For, for those who are not in the know, Overwatch uh, was, they're like, hey, we're sunsetting Overwatch. We're going to create Overwatch 2. Um and you know it's gonna we're gonna go from five player teams to four player teams we're gonna six to five there was six to five uh we're gonna go that way you're only gonna be able to have one tank on the team um and we're gonna be able to this is the game that's gonna let us do p 
PvE. We're going to be able to do the story mode, single player mode in this game. Uh, and now they're like, uh, actually, no. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Well, originally uh, it was going to be a box product that lived alongside the first one. Yeah. And then and they're then, like, nope. And then it wasn't. And then they're like, yeah, but the PvE thing, like, well, you'll pay for that. And then it, you did because they got rid of it. So now it's like so They're going to do Titanfall story missions, which is just like stuff that happens on the, like, whatever. Yeah. On the multiplayer map. So like, like the ones that they did, like they've done already, basically. Like in the first game. But there's no like progression like they had. They had a whole like progression system and all these things. They're not doing that anymore, which, yeah, it's depressing. There is, there's a story there that I doubt we ever hear for years. Yeah. Uh, years and years. And even then, I doubt that the company will be the one to tell it. Oh, no. Somebody's yeah. going to leave and then the, uh, the you know their uh gag order will fall off and then they'll we'll we'll hear about it if they want to you know maybe it'll still attract you know unwanted attention and then we won't hear about it still but so anyway mage seeker so anyways mage seeker <laughs> it was like a 15 minute derail right there yeah hey this is what you come to the platformers for but anyways yeah so mage seeker um a League of Legends story available on GOG, Steam, Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation. Uh, so this is a top-down isometric action RPG following a character named Silas. Now, I will say I don't know anything about the League of Legends universe. This is, I think, the first League of Legends thing I've ever engaged with unless... You actually no no that's not even that's not the same thing. I was gonna say I played Artifact. That's not the same. That's no, that's Valve. Dota. That's Dota. Um, well, didn't you yes. play Ruined King or is that one that was on your list? It's on my wish list. I have not played okay. it. I think I probably like, will after I get through like it's like that one's a couple pretty story of, heavy. Yeah, I'll get through a couple of games, but like that one was intriguing to me, basically entirely for the Airship Syndicate name that was attached to it it's really Uh, pretty and really good and has cool systems it's worth your time yeah i mean that that is like airship syndicate writ large like i'm i'm literally like i'm waiting to get like my review key or the the like beta or whatever access to wayfinder which is uh the new airship syndicate um like oh i didn't realize that was them thing yeah yeah i want to try that it seems yeah i i met with them at pax and that that was like one of the big like fun things that that we did but yeah yeah actually you're on the you're on the list with me to to, it almost yeah it almost seems like uh darksiders diablo in a way yes exactly yeah Um, but yeah for yeah so uh so mage seeker is about silas and there's a bunch of characters in here i have no idea how many of them are in league of legends I don't even know. Probably Josh, all you, of them. If you know, like, do you, know. would you, if, if I name a bunch of characters, would you know if they're in there or not? Uh, I might, but there are also like a hundred plus characters. So okay. like, so, I know a lot of the iconic ones, but I know that uh, Silas is a, a League of Legends character. 
Yeah, so Silas is in it. He was he was a mage seeker, but then he was captured and imprisoned for a while. He busts out and then decides he's going to his his special ability is he can steal magical abilities from other people uh and then use them. So uh that basically he breaks out and he's got these huge gauntlets that have these massive chains of uh, a material called petrocyte on them, which lets him like absorb spells. So he smacks people and grabs onto them with the chains and then sucks the spell out and then he can throw them at people. So this, you play this like an, a regular isometric action RPG, much like Diablo, you know, it's very hacky and slashy, these sorts of things. Um, but you also, you know, you level up, you've got a couple of different talent trees and things like this. Um, so like you'll, you'll run into a room and there'll be, you know, there'll be an ice mage up here and there'll be a fire mage over here. Well, you can go and you can, you know, mash on the square button and do like a melee combo or do a heavy attack with triangle, but you can also hit the left, uh, trigger and you'll lash somebody with your chain and suck their spell out. So you hit the fire mage and you suck a fireball out of him and then you can aim at the ice mage and throw the fireball at him and they have elemental weaknesses so you can just like he just drops like you just take him out really quickly because it does so much damage um so a lot of it you know you'll have characters that are like big physical imposing bruisers but they're like weak to magic so you'll need to like steal spells from certain characters and throw them at the you know big armor and stuff like that but uh, basically his thing is he's trying to go on like a revenge quest against the mage seeker order who are basically hunting death. It's like, it's like a magic inquisition basically that's going on. So he's escaped from their prison and is now going on, going out and trying to kill them all, trying to kill the leader of the mage seekers and trying to kind of like do all of that sort of stuff. It's, it's got a very kind of basic, um, like hero's journey type story. It's, it's not like very surprising or particularly deep. It's a video I like game it setup. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. very, it's, it's very rote, but it's not bad at all. Like I, I enjoyed it. I found it satisfying. It's one, it's like, you know, it's like a popcorn movie. It's like, you don't, you don't go to Indiana Jones expecting to be surprised. Like you, you go there because I mean, maybe, you know, there's, there's a nice twist in, uh, in uh, the search for the Holy Grail or whatever, I forget the, the name last of it. The crusade. Third one. Yeah, last crusade. Um, but yeah, like there's some cool twists in that. But like that's not really what you go to those movies for. You go to them because they're fun, you know. Uh, and that's definitely the same here. Uh, it it's like uh, I it's made by the people who made uh, Moonlighter which is a fantastic game that I also uh, reviewed and had a great time with the, the game where it's like half link to the past half, like shopkeep simulator, which is like a really fun game. This is like of that same quality. You know, I came there expecting to have some, you know, good like action chops and they're definitely on display here. Also the graphics I think look really good, you know, intricate and, uh, and detailed, Music is really great. It's very, you know, kind of atmospheric. And uh, I, one thing that I really like about this game that is something that I can say uh, is kind of a universal praise of the game is that it's very streamlined and simplified. Um, like the, there is one currency 
in the game. Cool. And that currency you use to buy everything. And every time you open a chest in the world, it just gives you the currency. Like, and when you defeat enemies, you also pick up a little bit of the currency. So you've got this stuff and then you go back to your base in between, uh, missions and, um, you can go to various stations. So like there's a guy you'll find late in the game who is an alchemist and you can go there and you can improve your potions. You can, you know, get like various stat increases and things. They're all permanent. Like you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, as you, um, as you recruit new characters, as you go through the story, they'll open up those, those different types of shops. So like there's a forge area where you can, you know, increase your stats, make yourself do more damage, do more magic damage, have better defense, HP, different things like this. There's also one character where, uh, if you have, uh, you, if you have stolen a spell from somebody, um, you basically have that spell for one charge. And then when you use it, it's gone. And then if you want to cast another spell, you have to steal another spell from somebody. But um, there's a character where any spell that you have stolen, she'll be able to uh, take some of your currency and forge a coin, like a magic coin with that spell in it. And then you'll be able to equip it to one of your like spell slots. And you can unlock up to four of those, but you start with just one. Um, and then you can just have that spell on you all the time. Uh, so like you'll be able to cast whatever spells you steal as you're going along, but you'll always have like one backup that you can use, you know, with however much mana you have and you can upgrade your mana as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a cool thing uh, to do. And there's all kinds of stuff. There's like six different elements. There's fire and ice. There's air, uh, or there's, uh, there's wind and nature. And then there's like lightning and fairy or something like that. I forget exactly how they pair up, but there's those six different types of, uh, of spells and you can have, you know, any one of those with you. Then later on, you'll get like an ultimate ability and you can, you know, earn new ultimate abilities by defeating different bosses. You'll be able to get those. Uh, but yeah, you know, you'll go out, you'll be able to send, uh, you'll, you'll go out on missions and stuff and you can find secret areas where you can recruit people to towards your cause and if you take them, quote unquote, take them with you on missions, they'll give you like certain little special combos that have elemental damage attached to them, which is another way to kind of build up your, your move set. You can also send them out on like missions on their own so that they can like do stuff. And, oh, after the mission, you'll come talk to them and, hey, I went out on this mission and it was a success and I brought back, you know, 400 gold or whatever, or like I recruited more people. And the more people you recruit, that builds out your bases and gives you other special buffs. And it's it's interesting that there are all these different systems, but they're all very centralized. Like if you're earning your currency, if you're doing missions, if you're searching out secrets and like finding these little people to recruit or these like secret little items and objects, like there's not many of them. There's like, I think two different types of things that you can find. And it's just people are like these little birds that just end up, I don't even know what they do. They just like sit around your base, but, uh, they're cute. So I don't really care. They can, they can just sit there and be cute and that's fine. But, uh, you know, there's that. I think the boss fights are pretty fun. Like they're, they're, um, they're a little bit bullet spongy, but one thing that I really like about, uh, this game is difficulty is really granular. So you have, I think like four different difficulty levels, there's, I believe there's like an easy, medium, medium, hard, and hard. Uh, but you can also modify 
the uh, damage the main character deals and the damage they take, and then the same for the enemies. So you can kind of like squiggle things around where I really found that playing on normal, but reducing the amount uh, of health the enemies had and increasing the amount of damage that Silas did really put me in like more of a sweet spot where I wasn't having to beat my head up against the wall. Cause like, this is one of those types of games where like, I don't really feel like playing the boss more than once. So yeah. like, I, I died a couple of times, but I, I, I kind of just wanted to get through it. Um, particularly because I feel like some of these bosses, if you play it on normal or higher than that, like it just, it feels like the fights just go on too long. So I really liked being able to kind of tweak that. And then if I wanted to, you know, I could go, go back to my home base and be like, all right, well, these are still taking a little bit too long or, you know, I'm getting hit too often. Let me dump my resources into getting like an attack upgrade or a defense upgrade, or I need more health or something like this. So it's, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of lean into that sort of customization through like menu, like accessibility options. And then also just through the gameplay as well, which is cool. I like this trend of developers just putting in little, like, uh, why can't I think of the word? Just like things to tweak. Like just knobs to turn to be like, yeah. I wish this was just slightly easier, or or you know, just to make it more enjoyable or whatever. I think uh, more games should do that. But I'll be better for it. I agree. Let me check yeah. here my notes and see if there's anything else that I wanted to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically it. Like I, I touched on everything that I uh, that I wanted to. What is it uh, available on? I know it's on PC, obviously, but uh, GOG, Steam, Xbox, Switch, PlayStation. Hey. This feels like and, a Switch uh, game. Like probably yeah, where I let would me actually. Play. Let me actually pull up Steam. I have it on GOG, um, but I think it's like twenty five. Yeah, it's it's twenty nine bucks. So, I like it. I played it for actually. Let's let me pull up GOG and see if it says. I I think that how long to beat is like seven to nine hours, but I think I played That's it. That's not bad. Longer than that. Let's see. Do you say GOG? Do you actually tell me? Tell how me. long I played the game? Did you tell me how long I played the game? Oh, it says 20 hours. I wow. think part of that is me just sitting on Idly. that. Yeah, I think yeah. part of that is, is that. So That's a shame that it doesn't keep more like granular yeah. stats. But, oh well. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. Cool. And yeah. not, uh, conveniently... When I completed the game, I had 69% of the trophies. Nice. But yeah, it's fun. That's cool. I recommend it. I look forward to trying it. It gets the... I will say it's on the lower end of the Catch a Fever award. I don't necessarily think that it's bringing anything 
like super unique to the table, but it is definitely fun. And if you need a fun game, like I, it was one of those things where like I started playing it and I expected to like, to like play it for a little while and then dip out and try something else. But I just kept like at night, I just kept being like, you know what? I'm going to play some more of this. And it just, it just pulled me in, you know, which is something that doesn't super often happen nowadays. No. Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend it. Uh, And another, uh, another game that I was playing um, this week. uh, This is the last thing that I've got uh, to talk about this week before we dip uh, is Everspace two, which is another game that I talked about on the PAX Stravaganza episode. Uh, So if you listen to that there, then this will be kind of more of the same. Uh, This is a space shooting game, more of an arcade um, type of flight RPG. Uh, This is on GOG, Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. It's been in early access. It It just recently in the past, like, month or so came out in the 1.0. Uh, so first thing, damn, it feels good to be back. Uh, the, the aerial, like the, the space combat is so smooth and fluid. Like, and, uh, it's one thing that I was saying, uh, to will and also to the, to the, actually to the, I, I think it was the director of the game when I played the game at PAX and was talking to him about it, I was like, wow, this, this really reminds me and takes me back to like playing star Wars, like Jedi Starfighter, which was like the last like space game that I like really loved. Copy. Yeah. Some, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's I, yeah, I, I like it. Yes. Too. <laughs> you play, play that there Addy Gallia. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. I, I think that the story is decent, but I will I will say, and I'm typically not like this, but I definitely have a tendency to just be like, skip, like just skip, skip the, the dialogue, skip the cutscene. I just want to get back to flying and shooting things in space, <laughs> which like is so weird. Like, and, and I, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to, the people who wrote this or the people who voice acted it or the people who did all the art and stuff. I like it. Like I like all of it, but I'm definitely, there is something about this game where it's just like, it's just like, shut up. Let me fly. (laughs) Like, let me just fly because it feels so, so good. Um, I, uh, does it support like, uh, HOTUS and joysticks and all that? That I don't know. I can't imagine that it doesn't. Um, there is like, there are like, I think four different tiers of like input, like menus that you can go into. So like, I can definitely, I'll check on that after, uh, after the show. Although I'm sure that's searchable because it's been, it's been an early access for a while. Um, so like surely somebody knows that. Uh, but I had like one issue where I was, cause so I don't play, uh, WASD. I don't play WASD. I play uh, ESDF, which is su- empirically superior. Uh, so it's just, you're, I, I play on the home row, but then I move up my middle finger and that's how I play. And then I use, you know, A for boost and different things like that. So because of that, I had to move like the entire, 
This is what I have to do in every game, which is infuriating, but I have to move the entire key set like over to the right one. Um, but, uh, and I had like one issue where I would apply like those key like input updates to the thing and then I would back out into the game and it like wouldn't, it wouldn't have stuck. And so I would have to go in and, and like save it or like back out and then loaded the game again for it to like actually like register. But that's real. that's the only bug that I happened on. And that's one of those weird situations where like, you really only gonna like, once you know what your inputs are going to be, like you're really only going to ever encounter that once. Uh, I kept having to like tweak stuff because I would get into situations where it was like, okay, well this button does two different things and that wouldn't normally be a problem, but because I'm in the menu and the menu has a different like key layout from the other stuff, it's now causing this weird fringe issue. So I imagine mm. most people won't have an issue with that, but um, that was definitely a, an issue for me. Um, it's also very... So one thing I got to say up front that um, the dev said that they wished people would know is that this is not a flight sim. This is an arcade game with with some flight sim elements. Like it is definitely focused on like very simplistic movements and firing and stuff like that. Uh, when you get into the, into like the nitty gritty is when you get into the kind of armored core, like RPG equipment elements. So, you know, you've got, you've got inventory management, you've got, you know, four quick use items that you need to choose and equip two main slot weapons, two secondary slot weapons that have like depletable rounds, like missiles and things that you have to buy, like you have to buy replacement missiles and stuff when you go to the shops and stuff, or when you go back to the base, you've got, you know, your core, your energy units, your plating, your sensors, your boosters, your cargo units. Those are all like just equipping, like equipable items that you can buy or find or scrounge or craft, you know, um, you also level up while you're playing, which means that you'll probably want to, I mean, you'll want to do this anyway, but you'll want to search out combat and get into fights because like, you know, that's how you get experience and level up and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but I'm, I'm several hours in, I forget exactly how many hours I've played. I want to say like four or something like that so far, but I've done like several missions. I did all of the stuff that I did at, PAX East, and then I've done like, I don't know, maybe three or four missions since then, um, something like that, but it's it's fun, you know, you're going around, you put on your crew, you hold X and it gets you into cruise drive, you jump between different parts of the solar system, you're just doing a lot of exploration, 3D combat, it's awesome because you've got like rotate and, you know, you can use your mouse or your you know, analog sticks to just like spin around. So it's crazy having, you know, full free reign in a 3d space. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know that this is like very normal for like space sim people, but as somebody who hasn't done this in a while, it's kind of a trip, you know, to play a bunch of other games and then have one where it's like, Oh, I can literally just like turn and go in a completely different direction. You know, I'll just turn down and to the left and then I'm just on a completely different axis than I was before. It's just like it's it's really fun. But, yeah, I haven't played a space 
game really since Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, I was going to say. The last yeah. one. And I bought a, a joystick for my PC just for that game, and I, it definitely made a huge difference. Because I did try playing it with a controller, and I'm like, this is fine, but like, I have tasted the, you know, the fruits of Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> I've used the joystick, and it's like the way to go, man. Um, so I would be shocked if this game doesn't have something like that, because I feel like pe- that... That, like, my dad is one of these people, like, the space sim person. They're very into their, like, HOTUS setups. Like, they're always modifying them and doing stuff. Like, I, it, it's almost like... Yes, uh, it does support it. Okay, good. I was going to say, because it's almost like fighting sticks in the fighting game community. It's like a whole thing, you know? Like, the, the, this community, that's what they do. They're like, no, I, I, I have like a dope fight, uh, flight stick that I tweak and like have yeah. all these different buttons and suit to my needs. I'm like, yeah, they need that. They need that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can, okay. Open settings, go to input, select customize controls, open the drop down for select preset field. You can even select your HOTUS device from a list. And if they don't have it, you can just go to keyboard and map everything manually. But they they have like auto, like filled mm. ones for like a you know a bunch of devices. Interesting. Like a bunch of a bunch of Hodus devices. That's cool. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that would be just incredibly fun to play this game on one of those. I mean, it's already like I'm having a blast and I'm playing it on mouse and keyboard. Like, so I can only imagine that it would be so much better. Yeah. You know, it adds something on a, on a flight stick. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about like when squadrons first came out and I would be playing multiplayer and you're playing on the maps that have like, you know, a bunch of debris and stuff and someone starts chasing you and you like, you like throttle the speed so that you can like spin down into this like hole, like, you know, beneath yeah. stuff and like evade them. You're like, this is the greatest fucking feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's really um, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really really cool. But yeah, I recommend it. I recommend it. I mean, this is another this is another catch the fever. There's a lot of fevers. You should definitely be catching them. <laughs> catch them. Catch them. Catch them. Ash catch got the em. fever. Got them. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Shall we get yeah. out of here? Sure. This has been episode 276 of The Platformers. Uh, we thank you very much for joining us. You can check us out at twitch.tv slash platformerspod. You can check us out at twitter.com slash platformerspod, but we don't really tweet out there that much. So your best bet is to follow us. I mean, ever since we, ever since The Platformers Pod, we lost our social media manager. You know, it's, it's tough out here in these streets. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you can follow me at uh, Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X on Twitter, Instagram, and Backlogged, which is where I uh, keep track of all of my games stuff, and I write little little reviews and stuff, uh, and, you know, kind of go off and rank the stuff that I'm playing, other than here, you know, which is the other place that I'm doing it. Uh, you can check out my preview for humanity and I've got another preview for a game coming up, uh, around the middle of next month. I think I got it really early. Uh, but I'm excited about that. I'm also set 
Uh, I'm still ironing out the details, but I am set to very early next month go up and be able to see Disgaea 7. So I'm really excited for that, and I'll be able to talk about that when I get back. Josh, what are you getting up to? Well, uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash Josh. And if you want to see all the cool video essay stuff I'm working on, you can go to youtube.com slash mediaismythic. Nice. Yeah. Well, from everybody here at the platformers, we hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe out there because until next time, we are out. It says we are live. So I'm going to start acting like we are live. Skip it about Baba